Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. This podcast is designed to share important legal information without the stuffy legal jargon. I'm Tracy Mylacrane. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm asked a lot by my clients, when can I add someone to my email list and when can I email them? I'm also asked by clients, can I send people on my list text messages? I'm going to talk about that in today's episode. So in case you didn't know, there is a thing in Australia called the Spam Act. So there's legislation that sets out rules and regulations and best practice around when you can and can't contact people with marketing information or with business information. The short answer is, can you just add someone to your email list because you know them, because you met them at an event or a function? The answer is no, you cannot. First of all, the rules say you can't. But secondly, query, do you really want to be doing that? Just because you met someone and you hit it off doesn't necessarily mean they want to be on your email list. So let's start with emails. When can you add someone? Well, the Spam Act sets out two ways someone can consent to be on your email list. It's either express consent, so that's when they've actually signed up to your email list or they have filled out a form and they've ticked a box consenting to receiving communication for you or they've given you their information and they've asked to be included or you've just flat out asked them, would you mind if I add you to my email list? And they say, yeah, that'd be great. That's all express consent. So there's absolutely no issues, obviously, adding people to your email list in those circumstances. The one that I talk to clients about more often, though, is the inferred consent. So that happens when somebody hasn't actually said yes, but you can infer through your business relationship and their conduct that they're going to consent to being on your list. So, for example, if someone becomes your client, then you can infer that they're happy to hear from you because they're wanting to work from you. My view is, from a business perspective, that we like to make sure we're telling people we're going to put them onto their list. So when I'm drafting your business agreement or your client service agreement or your T's and C's, there will always be a provision in there that says, we're going to add you to our email list, but you can unsubscribe at any time. So you'll always see that. My view that's good business and that's best practice. And it puts you in that position of having advised them, they've continued working with you. We say that's express consent. So they're the two ways you get consent from people to go onto your email list. Does the same apply though to SMS communication? No, that's a little different. There is no inferred consent for SMS communication that needs to be express consent. So that actually needs to be you asking them, are you happy for us to contact you via SMS? Or you asking them in a survey where they tick a box, please choose your preferred communication method. Or you having a tick box somewhere where they actually say, I consent by ticking this box to being contacted by SMS. That can be really important for e-commerce businesses because you often want to send updates to your consumers as to the status of their order. It can also be important for service providers if you want to send text message communication as a reminder for an appointment, so a confirmation. You've got to give the option though, you can't simply assume somebody's going to be happy to receive your SMS. Now, clients say to me, but Tracy, my dentist or hairdresser or beautician, they text me and I've never given my express consent, so surely it must be okay. And to that I say, whilst yes, some of us might find that helpful, 
just because somebody else is sending it without asking you doesn't mean they've done it the right way. So what I'm doing here is I'm explaining to you what the right way is and simply receiving text messages out of the blue. And I get so many of them and they're really annoying. It's not okay. Just because someone else has done it without asking consent doesn't mean you're allowed to. The legislation says you're not. So for you, diligent business owners, please don't send text messages to people unless you've got their express consent. Big no-no. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, and it's super quick, is legally, what do you need to have in your communication if you're sending it out to your list? Three things. You need to have your sender details, so you need to be identified with your ABN. Most email platforms have all of this set up, so you don't really need to think about it, but you need to make sure that the person that you're communicating with understands who you are. The second thing is make sure that there are clear details for people to get in contact with you. That's actually a requirement. And the third one, which we all know, is the unsubscribe option. They're the three things that you need to have in your communication when you are emailing or SMSing people. Business details on your ABN, your contact details, and an unsubscribe option. Yes, that goes for both emails and SMS. Most of you listening to this are going to be more interested in the emails, and I get that, but SMS is becoming a thing. That's why I wanted to share that here, because it really is important that you're aware that that express consent is required. My view is that you can package all of the consent requirements beautifully into your properly tailored business legals. So whether that is an agreement that you're sending out or T's and C's that you're sending out, or by including it in your click wrap terms on your website, because if people are buying or subscribing or signing up to anything on your website, if you're listening to me, then by now you will have properly drafted website T's and C's and you will have your click wrap T's and C's tailored specifically for what it is that they're buying or signing up to. So in those business T's and C's or those website legals, you will have covered in there the consent that you need to either put people on your mailing list or your SMS list or both, which means you don't have to worry about whether or not you're obtaining the right consent to meet the obligations that you've got as a business owner under the SPAM Act. As an aside, just quickly, if you are a business that has people come in like a dietitian or a nutritionist or a physio or something like that, and you've got somebody that comes into your practice and they fill out a client intake form, your team can simply ask the person when they're handing back their form, are you happy for us to contact you on SMS? And the person can say yes or no, and they can just make a little note on that form. If you're still using those manual processes, as some of my clients are, that simple question is perfectly fine as well for that consent, and the receptionist or your team member makes a little note. Or of course, you can have a tick box there and ask the person, how do you prefer to be contacted? That is what you need to know about when you can add people to your email list, when you can send SMS to people, the consent that you need, and how best to obtain that consent. I hope you have found that helpful. As always, if you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We have the ability for you to make a time in my calendar to pop in for a free 20-minute chat, and that's where I can answer any questions that you've got. Absolutely obligation-free because we are here to help, and we can take it from there. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.